0: Very good evening to each and every one of you again. I uh, bring you greetings uh, from my wife. I spoke to her earlier today and uh, she asked to convey her regards to you. Must thank you all as an assembly again for the last uh, two or three weeks that I've been here for the wonderful, warm fellowship that um, I have enjoyed here. Um, Edel and the rest of you as a family have uh, treated me very kindly, and uh, um, even the first week while I was here, many of you called on a daily basis to inquire after my health, and uh, there wasn't virtually a free evening or a meal that I didn't go uh, empty-handed because somebody had an invitation, and uh, such kind of love you don't find except in the family of God, Uh, so I thank you for your hospitality, (coughs) and uh, the fellowship that we have enjoyed together. I return tomorrow to Sri Lanka, and I I request that you continue to pray for our work there. Um, Many of you have written during the last year or sent cards, and we encourage, uh, we very much appreciate your encouraging words to us. So uh, please continue to keep the cards and letters coming. Sometimes uh, it takes a while for us to reply, because I think the address on the list here, um, the mail, uh, my mail, goes to our home in France, so it takes a while to get to us, get redirected to Sri Lanka, and then we reply. So uh, do excuse us if we take a little time to get back to you. If you could turn in your Bibles uh, this evening to the book of Luke, chapter eight, and uh, let's read from verses 43 forty eight Luke chapter eight reading from verse forty three and a woman having an issue of blood twelve years which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood staunched and Jesus said, Who touched me when all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceived that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. Go in peace. I'm sure the Lord will bless the reading of his holy word. Before we look into the Lord's word, let us seek his blessing. Our Father, we pray that even as we look into the scriptures, that thou would have a portion for each and every one of us this evening, both speaker speaker. And hear her like we commit this time into thy hands in the Savior's name. Amen. So we have here a very famous portion of scripture. Uh, Many songs, stories, uh, uh, sermons have been given on this portion. And uh, there are many uh, points that we can turn, take out of this uh, wonderful uh, incident. And this is a story of a woman who is in great trouble. She's in uh, a state of desperation. Uh, She's uh, facing uh, uh, an incurable disease. And many of us and the world today is also afflicted with an incurable disease, which is sin. All of us face this problem. And this is a story of her desperation, how she was determined and how she found deliverance. Uh, Through our Savior. And the whole uh, problem that she faces is right there in verse 43. The first verse that we read, uh, the whole problem is there in one verse. And the woman, having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. She had an incurable disease. She had spent all her money and time on doctors, on physicians. And she was ceremonially unclean. You see, for 12 years, she had this problem of menstrual bleeding. And she was getting weaker and weaker day by day. And she had gone from one doctor to another. The book of Mark, the same story tells us that she went to many different physicians To try and heal her. But each of these physicians couldn't heal her. And her position was getting deeper and deeper in distress. And the whole story we see that no mention is made of her husband. For example. Even if she had one. Her family and her husband would probably have been driven away. Because why? Because there was a serious situation in her life. There was a social stigma. In those days, if you were you were a person who was ceremonially unclean, if you did one of three things, that was if you touched the dead, if you had menstrual bleeding, or if you had leprosy. If you had one of these three things, you were ostracized from society. Nobody would turn and look at you, nobody would come close to you. And so she probably had no family. Even if she had a husband, uh, he would have left her and gone away. Uh, These days, you lose husbands and wives for simple things like burnt toast. They want to divorce each other. (laughs) But in those days, it was much more serious issues when they put the family aside. And we see here in this book... Luke, who is a doctor, himself says that she had this incurable disease. The world could not heal her. She had come to a position of utter desperation. All her treatments that she had tried had failed her. If you look at Mark chapter 5 verse 26. Mark 5:26 says, and had suffered many things of many physicians. She went doctor to doctor and had spent all that she had. The doctors, what did they do? They had emptied her bank account. And had nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. By going to man to solve the problem, she was going from step to step, worse to worse. She was physically desperate, her health was gone, she was financially desperate, her money was gone, and she was spiritually desperate. Because why? She couldn't enter the temple because she had been ostracized from society, so she couldn't worship God. And that is a situation that many people find themselves in today. This sin, we don't have to have the same problem that she had, but the problem that we face today is sin, It sets us aside from God. It sets us aside from. Our savior. And he wants us. To get over that problem. And come out to him. So she had. A problem. And in verse 44. uh, uh, We see that. uh, She had realized. That the problem could be solved. By going to Christ. In those days. She would have heard about Jesus. Many people in those days were called Jesus. But she would have heard about the Jesus. Uh, And when she heard about the Lord Jesus, she made a decision in her mind. She had been to all these human beings. They couldn't solve her problem. So she decided to go to the only Lord and Savior whom she thought could heal her. It was a low point in her life. And she heard about the Lord Jesus and she decided that he made a difference in her life. You see, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. When you hear something and if you have faith and believe, Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. But true faith demands a response. We must do something about it. There is no point in... Having faith, but if you don't take action on it. But this lady decided that she would take action. In uh, the same story in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 21, it says, uh, For she said to herself, If I only may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be well. So she realized that by reaching out to the Savior, that she could be healed. And in order for her to act to her faith, She had to overcome many obstacles. She would have been physically weak. Uh, She would have probably had to drag herself out of bed to get herself to the place where the Savior was. She had to fight her way through the crowd. There were lots of people there, miling around the Savior and looking to see if he was doing miracles. And I believe he was just coming from the house of Jairus. And a lot of passers-by following on, a crowd thronging him. Uh, uh, you would have seen in the pictures of the Mardi Gras, what a huge crowd can be. And it's difficult to work your way through the crowd to get to the place you want to go. And here, with all her physical weakness, she was willing to go to the Savior by going through that crowd. And the other obstacle that she would have had to face was... Not only the crowd, but the attitude of the disciples. They wanted to keep her away. They, they were questioning. And then also, she would have had to face the problem where, because of the social and religious stigma, um, she dare not touch Jesus because she would make him unclean as well. So she would have been frightened to go and touch the Savior. But yet, she knew that he was the answer to her problem. So what did she do? She decided to go and touch the Lord Jesus. So verse 44 says, came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood staunched. She had to lower herself. To touch the hem at the bottom, you would have had to creep right down there. Reach out your hand to touch the Lord. She lowered herself to meet the Master. And you know, many of us come here, uh, uh, we have a walk with Christ, uh, but do we really get close enough to touch and embrace the Master? Do we really do that? You know, we can come and listen Sunday after Sunday, week after week. We may come here, we feel His presence, but do we really grab out and hug Him? This woman she decided that she would do that. Whatever people were saying to try and block her, whatever the crowd, she was determined to go to her goal. And she did so. And if there is only one thing this evening, uh, don't let him pass you by without trying to reach him and touch him this evening, brothers and sisters. Whatever problem that you may be having in your life, uh, whatever sin or... Um, It may be financial worries, medical worries, whatever you have, the Savior can make you well. But you must have that faith. You must have that faith and you must want to have a life, lead a life that is pleasing to our Lord. And uh, faith, if you have that faith, if you reach out and touch him and if he heals you, that faith cannot remain anonymous. He doesn't want you. To take the faith and keep it to yourself. He wants you to be like Candice the other day. He wants you to tell it out. He wants you to witness it. You see in verse 45, the Lord Jesus asks, who touched me? Now he didn't ask that because he didn't know who it was. Why did he ask? Because he wanted her to confess it herself. And not because he wanted the glory. He wanted others to see what her faith had done. He wanted others to see. You see, he says in um, uh, verse 45, Who touched me? And verse 46, I perceived that the virtue had gone out of me. He knew. The Savior knew. He knows all about us. You know, she may have come from behind at an angle which was, uh, you know, you you can't see at certain points behind you. Uh, She may have figured it all out and I'll just touch him with a finger. But the Savior knew her situation and he knows your situation, whatever it is this evening. You know, others may not know you. uh, I may not know you only in your deepest heart, in your deepest soul, deep down inside you would, not, you would know really what your situation in life is. Uh, it's very easy to put on uh, a very good show and to say all the right things. But deep down in your heart, are you living a life that's pleasing to God? Only the Savior knows and you know. And he knows, believe me, because he knew that this woman touched him and he knows all about you. There's no deceiving him. And if we have sin in our life, We need to remove it, we need to get closer to him, we need to reach out to him, and he can put it all out of our life. In Mark 5.32, we are told that Jesus looked round about her uh, uh, to see who had done this. He looked penetratively into the crowd. He stopped, turned around, and he scanned the crowd. And he is scanning you and looking at you this evening. He wants to see which of you want to reach out and grab him. He wants to see which of you will reach out uh, and touch him. You see, why did he insist on the public confession? Because he wants us to confess with our own mouths that he is the savior of our life. He wants us to confess that he is the only one who can answer ...our life's problems. And so in verse 47 and 48... ...we see that the woman decides... ...that she cannot hide from him anymore... ...and she comes out. And she declares... ...before all the people it says... ...what cause, why she had touched him... ...and how she was healed. And... ...your faith... ...if you have it like this lady... Will be rewarded brothers and sisters. There is no question about it. Your faith will be rewarded. If you have true faith. That the savior can save you. That the savior can take care of all your needs. He will answer your prayers. And look at the um, expression in verse 48. He said unto her. Daughter be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Do you know. That this was the only person in the whole of scripture that the Savior called daughter. Nobody else. What a great blessing. You know, her faith was so great that he addressed her as daughter. In spite of all the trouble that she had, all the people trying to stop her, the crowd, the weakness in her life, she knew that he was the answer to her life's problems. And she went after him. And there may be others, just like the crowd was trying to block her, just as the disciples' attitude. There may be issues in your life that are stopping you from reaching the master. But lay them aside, put them aside. Because I can tell you that if you lay everything at his feet, he will take care of your needs. He will look after you. You see, there are ways in which we can come closer to God and reach out and touch him. He may not be walking literally here. Uh, you may say to me, "How can we reach out and touch him?" But there are ways in which you can do it. One thing is that you can touch him by having an excellent prayer life. If you are in communion with God, you are reaching out and touching the Savior. You know, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. There are many people who may go days without prayer and you will feel the power leave you. If you want to stay close to God and if you want to feel His power in your life, stay in contact with Him every moment of the day through prayer. That is a way of reaching out and touching Him. And then you can touch Him also by studying and meditating on God's Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved of God. He wants you to study his word. He wants you to immerse yourself in his word. That is how you can reach out and touch the master. And feel all those wonderful virtues of him come into your life. You see, the Bible is a very relevant book for today. Even though it was written all those thousands of years ago, there is no book in the globe. That matches the Bible. It has the answers to all of life's problems. There is no book that is more relevant than the word of God. And if you want true, if you want to really reach out and touch the Savior, study the word. And he will give you gems to apply to your life. Press through to Jesus. Pay no attention to the doubters that may put questions in your life or in your mind. Whether this is all true or not. If you have real faith. You can feel the benefits of a life with Christ. You see. Jesus said. Who touched me? And you notice. Just after verse 45 when Jesus said who touched me? They all denied it, it says in scripture. You know, touch can be translated as feeling. And many of you may be coming to church on Wednesdays, on Mondays, on Sundays. Uh, You may sense the presence of the Lord. You are aware of what he is doing. You can see the wonderful things happening. You are excited about what you see. You are rejoicing with somebody like Candice gets saved. You may even have a desire to partake of this feeling. But yet you walk away from that experience. Just as lonely. Just as broken. Just as jealous. Just as wicked. Just as miserable. Just as sick as you came in. Why? Why? Because you never really reached out and touched him. You never really reached out and touched him. There is a real difference in just sitting there and going through the motions and the feelings and all that. You see, touch can be translated as to fasten oneself onto. You see, it connotes something like getting a death grip. Something like a pit bull locks onto something. It implies that you grab hold of something with the intention of never letting go. That's the kind of attitude you need. You need to grab hold of the Savior with the intention of letting go him. Never to let go of him. That's the kind of attitude you really need. I'm being very serious here. A lot, lot of people, uh, every church in the globe has the same situation there are some people who are dedicated to Christ, there are others who just come and go through the motions. And you may sense his presence, you are aware of what is what he is doing, you get excited and you partake of all those feelings. But you never really reach out and touch him. You never really reach out and grab him. And if you want to feel true joy in your life, you know, if you want that emptiness that you feel in your heart to be removed only the savior can fill it only he can give you that perfect happiness that happiness that you know those of us who have the lord can really explain and understand and if you want that real happiness and that real joy you need to reach out and grab him you notice what the general crowd did When Jesus said, who touched me? They all denied. They all denied. That's what the world does. That's what, generally speaking, most people do. Few people reach out and lock onto him and grab him with both hands and say, Savior, I want to lead the kind of life that is pleasing to you. I want to lead the kind of life that brings glory to your name. I want to lead the kind of life that you will be proud of. Sure, you know, all these people who were in the crowd that day, they could say, we were there. We were part of the crowd. We were all witnesses to what took place. We saw Jairus' daughter and we saw this woman with the issue of blood. We can testify as to what transpired. You could say, it was a good service. The message really got me thinking. You know, but what separates the faces in the crowd from the woman with the issue of blood what is it the crowd saw Jesus as another option they were following him looking at him as somebody who could do miracles she saw Jesus as her only option Amen. there were no other options the only option in your life should be the lord jesus christ i will finish with this 2 chronicles 16:9 says for the eyes of the lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. The eyes of the Lord is scanning the whole earth to and fro looking for who will fasten onto him, who will reach out and grab him. Are you going to be one of those this evening, brothers and sisters? Or are you going to just let the moment pass you by? It was a nice message. I felt uh, you come and tap me on the back. And then you walk out of here. And you are back to your same old life that you lead during the week. Or are you going to really take hold of him and lead a life that is pleasing to God? Lead a life that brings glory to his name? And are you going to be one of those bricks on which he builds his kingdom? You can decide, it's up to you. But I can tell you this from personal experience, that if you choose to grab hold of him and be used of him, it can fill your heart like nothing else in this world does. The pleasures of this world mean nothing. It brings, it holds no attraction. Why? Because the Lord fills your heart with joy and love and all the feelings that only he can give. And those empty feelings that you have when you are sitting on the couch and wondering what life is all about will be no more because the Savior will fill you to the brim. He's surveying the crowd, looking out for those who will touch Him. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 again. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world. He's scanning the crowd to show Himself strong On the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this uh, word that thou hast given us from thy scriptures. Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful uh, woman, our Father, who even though she was faced with utter desperation, the, the worst possible things that could happen to anybody possible, that she realized that you were the only one who could Solve her problems and that she came to you and you took her into your arms and called her daughter. And we pray, our Father, that if there's anybody here this evening who is at the crossroads in life, wondering which way to turn, that they may turn to thee, our Father, that they may grab hold of thee with all their heart and that they may feel the joy and love that comes from leading a life that is pleasing to thee. And leading a life that brings glory to thy name. We pray and commit this word into thy hands in the Savior's name. Amen.